Susie, come on, the horn. to the podcast want to say mahalo and thank you for joining us uh on the podcast right it's the junior keiko ever junior show the first show i ever had i mean you know like that like this anyway uh it's the first podcast we ever did the first show we ever because you know i always had to work with somebody right and let me tell you i work with the very best in the business and you know this is you know on the last podcast we talked about your desire and how your desire attracts everything. I worked with the very, very best. And I'm talking number one, number two, number three, right down the road. Boom, 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 boom. Well, I mean, you know, that's so so I got to this place, right? And then, okay, wait, before we do that, attitude of gratitude. Hold yourself, hold yourself, Hawaiian, hold yourself, Junior. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so we want to say mahalo. In the last 24 hours, we had we had 80, a little over 8,200 plays. Okay, our analytics is as follows. We're just gonna kind. Okay, let's see. I don't. We we don't have any new countries right now. Botswana and Syria was the last two. Okay, 66 percent comes from Apple. Thank you, Steve Jobs, uh, Malo, uh, wherever you are, and because uh, we don't know, right? We do not know. You know, nobody on earth can tell you, okay, well, you know, when you, when you mock it, oh, sorry, for you guys outside of Hawaii, that means die. When you, when you die, where you going? You know, they tell you where, where you, they think you're going or where they want to manipulate you to think you're going, right? Spotify, 16%. Other is 11%. Anchor is 4%. Okay. And then, um, the 18 year, 18 to 22 year olds have, um, very little to do with us. It's up to one percent. It was zero before. Uh, seventeen zero to seventeen years old, we are one percent. Okay, now uh, from twenty three to dead, it goes up three percent. Uh, then big bugger go down one percent from twenty eight to thirty four, right? But from thirty five to dead, it goes through the roof, Hawaiians. It goes up to sixty five percent. I mean, this thing is wow, unreal. Uh, Seventy nine percent male, twenty uh, percent female. Non-specified is only 1% and zero non-binary. I don't know about the non-binaries, but they don't like have nothing to do with this show. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's been all kinds of stuff, right? The world is changing, right? And, and you know, I'm right in the middle of the change. And all, I, all I'm doing is spectating. I'm a spectator. I just, you know, I go, whoa, wow, you know. So anyway, uh, you know, talking about attraction, that's what the last podcast was about desire, right? And how you can attract things. And so uh, on this podcast, I'm going to give you the formula. Okay, because I attracted the very, very best. And not only did I work with the best guys, right? I worked with the best guys in radio. I was around the best guys in entertainment, right? And I saw, I mean, you know, I saw the good and the bad. You know, and I can tell you the good was awesome. Was the very, very best. 
the bad was yeah kind you know because you know <clears throat> you can't have them both ways i'm like you know my uncle told me when i was 13 right, he sat me down he goes bro you cannot have them both sides you cannot work both sides of the street now you cannot and so he said you either gotta go all the way or nothing and so when i saw the bad side of stuff right i was like I don't know if I like do that. <laughs> I don't know if I like get involved in that. I don't know if I like being salesperson on the side. And you, you see what I'm saying? And and so so yeah. So I, I didn't. You know, I know some of you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. For the ones that you don't, that you guys don't know. Um, yeah. So there was these groups <clears throat> and individuals, right? That started out like talent. You know, they started out entertaining, right? They ended up dealing drugs. Okay, now these these were you know some some of these guys was big names. Some of these guys are small names. Some of these guys you never heard of, right? And I'm talking about people in Hawaii now because I you know I wasn't in the mainland scene. I, I didn't uh, didn't witness anything up there. Didn't experience anything up there. I think experience is a better word. Uh, yeah, we don't want to witness nothing, right? People are still alive always, you know what I'm saying? No, we, you know, but, but what I'm saying is I was around this kind of stuff. And some of these guys, you know, so the, the only thing that really saved these guys was church. You know, because they got busted. They got busted, you know, this one guy, he's, he's not living anymore. He got busted for heroin. Big time entertainer, had talented guy. He got busted for like like a huge amount of heroin, right? And and after that, it was church, and it was you know praise the Lord, right? You know all of that, and um, and you know I, I mean you know I praise the Lord, but I do them in private. You, you see what I'm saying? I don't put it on Facebook. You know that's another thing, right? While we're mentioning you know this stuff, right? And and so so I have my own uh, views on the five hundred one C threes, right? And um, because they're businesses, right? And the, the churches that are 501c3s, and you know, a lot of them are businesses. And and it's a good business. I'm not saying it's a bad business, okay? But sometimes when you look behind the scenes, like certain things are like um, highly questionable, right? And, and you go, what, is this in the name of God or mammon? Because you cannot serve both, right? You know, God or mammon. You're serving money or you serving God. You see what I'm saying? And and we've seen some stuff that tells us, okay, some of these guys are serving money and some of these guys, you know, their intention is serving God. And some of them when they when they go in, their intention is serving God and they end up serving mammon. You see? And so so you know, and we're not judging. We're not judging. I'm just saying what it is. I'm just saying what I saw. I'm just saying what, you know, what, what I've experienced in my life. Okay. Now everybody's different. They, everybody get their own experiences, but you know, when you, 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 you know, when you're working both sides of the street, you cannot, cause pretty soon you're going to get pulled to one side or the other side. See? And, and these guys, you know, a lot of these guys, right. They ended up in church and they ended up praising the Lord. And, and, you know, they started wearing the crosses and they started, they started, you know, they started advertising. They started, okay, we, we're only going to sing church songs now, you know. And that lasted for a little while. Then they had to go sing their hit songs and they had to do all that stuff, you know. And 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 there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing that, you know, that I mentioned in the other podcast is when we went to church, right? We saw the guys that, there was, there was with us. <laughs> there was all, you know, and, and I, was, I was looking around and go, wow, 
did everybody get saved? You know, because if everybody got saved, there's there's no, you know, there's no guys on the other side of the street anymore. And and then the whole street got clean. You see what I'm saying? But but that wasn't the case, you know. And so so we found out we we saw the label, and the label just changed. And and the label went from this side of the street to that side. Everybody, okay, now you guys, are, I don't know, maybe there was one memo or something. Right? All right, you guys, are everybody going to the other side of the street right now? We're all going to church. And everybody got the, you know, and then they all went, right? And there's nothing, with praise, there's nothing wrong with praising the Lord, okay? But when you go a little bit deeper, Hawaiians, and you go into esoteric knowledge, uh, you start to find out where these things come from. You know, when you look at the origin, so esoteric is the inner knowledge, the inside. When you look at origins of things, right? And and one of the origins of things is the law of attraction. You know, because all this stuff, I attracted to me, right? Because when I, when I was young, I was like, yeah, I like do that. I like do that. You know, so so these things were attracted into my life. Now, when I got into radio, I, I got into radio like, I you know, I told you I'm not a podcast already. You know, when I got into radio, I got into radio because I thought, okay, now I'm going to get to know the radio guys, right? And and being in radio, because I could do it. You know, I can talk, I can joke around, I can, you know, do all that personality stuff, right? And so I thought, okay, I can do that, right? Because I was doing stand-up comedy. Not too many people know that I did stand-up comedy a long time ago, but it wasn't really comedy. It wasn't like stand-up. It was more like a routine, Right, and I did these pigeon English stories that was made famous by a guy in Hawaii. You can Google him, Kent Bowman. And I used to tell these stories in pigeon English, and it got so popular on the island of Koi, right? That these guys would, and they were, you know, they were businessmen. I used to go to the Kiwanis Club, I used to go to the Rotary Club, the Lions Club, right? And these guys would all ask me. And some of the guys in the Rotary Club would invite me to the Lions Club. And, you know, and I was bouncing around to all these clubs and, and telling the same story. <laughs> you know, I think I had two. I had two stories. Goldilocks, right? Little A. Puahi. And I had uh, one of the three bears. Uh, and no, wait, wait, wait. No, sorry. Little A. Puahi was Red Riding Hood and, and Goldilocks and the three bears. So I had two Pigeon English stories that I would tell. And my mom had to, so my mom was the kind, right? Like, she was too busy. She was busy. She was a busy lady. And she had to run me to all these gigs because I was like, I don't know, I think I was 11, 12, around there. And and so I was young, right? And so I she had to chauffeur me to all my gigs, right? So every time these guys would go, hey, come down and, and, and do your routine for us, right? I even did them for the last day of teacher's. Uh, you know, because my mom was a teacher and I did them for the last day of, of her uh, association uh, union, Delta Kappa Gamma thing. And so the last day of school, so I, you know, and went up and, and everybody, oh, Junior, he's so talented. You know, all these old ladies, right, teachers and stuff. Well, there was old ladies to me because I was 12. You know, there was actually, there was actually some prime aunties. They were probably in their 30s, you know, late 30s and 40s, right? But but when you're 12 years old, you know, that's a gig, right? And so I was gig. I was doing all these gigs. I never told anybody over here, um, you know, when I came, you know, I, ne- I never sat down in an interview and said, well, you know, uh, I used to do these Pigeon English stories. I never, you know, so you're getting this first on a podcast, Radio Hoings. Okay, so so anyway, so and, and like I tell you, in Botswana, in Syria, you guys are honorary Hawaiians while you're listening to the show. 
after the show, okay, you guys go back to being serious and scrapping with whoever you guys. I don't know. You get the Russians helping you guys, right? I I don't know. I don't know what's going on, right? And and I don't care. I don't. You know, like they used to say in my high school, I don't give a rip, right? Okay. So here's the thing, right? So I used to go to all these gigs, do all this stuff, right? And then entertainment became appealing. Right, because I had the crowd, and they were engaged, and they were watching me, and they were they were paying attention, and and I was doing different voices, and, stuff, and they were intrigued, and you know they were like, hey, who's this eleven year old? This guy get guts, you know what I mean? Who's this twelve year old? You know, whatever. And then so I, you know, I started doing that, right? And one thing led to the other thing, to the next thing, and before you know it, right, I was hanging out with Hawaii's greatest star on Oahu. Just one thing led to the next thing. You know, and then and then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going I'm going to kind. I'm going I'm going to try get into radio. Cause you know, and I got the idea, okay, from uh, one day I went to this this uh building. I can say the building, it's a controlled data building. It's no longer the controlled data building. It's the Kaiser building now. And I was there and I went to get a carpet cleaning job. Cause the first thing I wanted to do was get off my island, right? Cause cause there was nothing over there. I mean, I, I would be, you know, I would be a member of the one, two trio over there, right? Cause everybody had ukulele guitar and they sang these old Hawaiian songs and, and that was good for them. Okay. If it's one thing that, that my crew knows about me is I don't like lay. I don't like to wear lay and I don't like Aloha shirts, you know, and I wore Aloha shirts, you know, for one person and he was the district manager of Walgreens. Because we were Walgreens consultants, my my company VMAC consultants, we were Walgreens consultants, and and so I and I wore a lot of shirts to open stores and stuff, uh, where they had these promo nights, right? So I figured, ah, it's only gonna be, it's only gonna be the insider VIP guys, whatever. So I wore a lot of shirts, and uh, Mamo Howell, this lady Mamo Howell, made me uh, some custom a lot of shirts, and she made it for my whole crew, you know, and and um, and so anyway. Uh, major props to Mamo Howell, and I know she has a grandson. So, brother, if you're listening, mahalo to your family. Mamo Howell's uh, grandson actually took over and came out with a line of clothing. So, brother, if you're listening, if uh, you're still in business, then uh, congratulations, number one. Number two, mahalo. Uh, so, yeah, and, and so anyway, but that's the only time. And, you know, it's not because I'm stuck up or it's not because of any. It's because when I was a kid, bro, we had to do it late every time. And we had to wear a lot of shirts every time, right? And I just wanted to do something different. It's not that I didn't like anything Hawaiian or anything about, you know, Hawaiian shirts or Hawaiian tradition or lay or whatever. It's just everybody else did that. And that's why I never play Hawaiian music because everybody else did them. There was too much competition. But you know what? Nobody was singing Sinatra. Nobody was singing Don Ho songs. Not when I, I mean, only the old guys was doing that when I was growing up, right? And the old guys would, would know those words and those lyrics. And so I chased that. And my mom used to listen to this show on, on the radio uh, in the morning and I couldn't change him. I had to listen to this guy. And he was playing like Benny Goodman and he was playing big band music and, and his name was Aku. I can, I can say that. He's part of history. And he was the, he, he was the most wealthiest radio guy in the world. The highest paid in the world. You know how he did that? I will tell you, Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this guy had two salespeople. 
Okay. He had two salespeople. They went out. They sold his show. He had the number one show in Hawaii, right? And they sold his show. And because there was only those two guys, right? And he bought his own time. So you can do what it, in radio, well, you can, you know, it depends, right? But you, you go out and you buy block time, then you sell the time. So you sell the commercials, right? And that's the only reason why he made so much money. And you sell the commercials. Now you have, uh, you're making money on the block time that you bought. So let's say, for example, in round figures, if you pay $10,000, and it's way more than that. But if you pay $10,000 for a morning show, for one morning, and you have your salespeople go out and they sell $25,000, $30,000 worth of ads and they make up their own price because you're the number one guy. You see what I'm saying? That That's where I'm going with it, right? Okay, there. So that that's why. And he lost everything, right? I think he lost everything twice. I'm not sure. Maybe just once. But he lost everything. He, he got divorced. He like he just lost everything. Made them all back. Boom. Yeah. How long did you like hear him again? There you go. They made them all back. It's just like that, right? But when I got to town, right, I was 17. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, what am I going to do, you know? And there was this anti-out-of-town sentiment uh, from, from a lot of local guys that were here, that grew up here, because this is their place, right? And you know what? It's the same thing back home. It's the same thing that you got to, I mean, you know, it's territorial, Men are very territorial, and that's what I had to face, right? So I had to try to get in with these guys. I tried to get in. And the guy that put me on the radio eventually, right, on his number two show in, in Hawaii, right, there was a there was a feel-sorry spot in his heart for me. And there was, you know, there was something. And when I asked him one day, I mean, towards the end, I think it was two months before uh, we parted ways. And I didn't part ways with him. I parted ways with the office. But... um you know, and and um, I, I asked him. I said, "Bro, why why did you help me out all these years? Why why did you help me?" And he said, "Because you get on good heart." And I was like, "Oh, man, that kind of stopped me in my tracks, always, because I was expecting something else, right? You know, I, I was expecting something like, oh, well, you're a talented guy, or oh, you can make people laugh, or whatever, right? I, I didn't get that." I got the good heart thing, and I, I was like, "Ooh, okay, all right." But but you see, so there are people, you know, and and I got this from you know from Hawaii's greatest star who told me. He said, "There's good brothers every place. You just gotta find them. There's good brothers everywhere." And I found some good brothers. But let me tell you what the desire led to. Right? I worked not only around that guy who was the second most popular. Uh, radio personality in Hawaii where you might want to say he was he was maybe third or fourth because on the first show there was three so maybe he was four because on the first show on the number one show there were three people right and I can I can tell you that there you know Michael W. Perry Larry Price for you guys in the mainland for you guys overseas you guys can just google these people they're online Michael W. Perry, Larry Price, and Sweetie Pacaro. And Sweetie really helped me. This this girl really, really helped me a lot. She helped me 
um, I, I want to say immensely. I want to use that word, immensely. She helped me a lot. She booked me on the shows, you know, and I went and I sang on the shows and all. So I was on the Perry and Price show all the time. And then I got to bring my kids, uh, my students, which was really important to me that I brought my kids so that they could, you know, get a taste. Because you know what you got to do with kids? You got to demonstrate to kids. You got to show kids that certain things are attainable. You know, so I take kids in the recording studio. You know, I did I did one jingle that, that I wrote. I had uh, my student, Raiden, who was 14, played a bass line on this number one jingle that, that is still playing on the radio today. It's called Windows Hawaii, right? It's being sung by a local uh, artist, right? We don't want to mention her name, but there might be some conflicts. I don't know. Uh, we don't want any conflicts, but she's my student, and she's very popular. And, and, and then, and she's an adult, right? She has a family, everything. And, and, uh, but this guy, right, 14 years old, and he could play bass. And I show, I taught him the bass line, like right there. I said, here, all you gotta do is do this. Boom, 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 like that, right? <laughs> Catch him always, like that, right? Okay, so I did that for the, for the people from Hawaii that are listening. You know, people in Lahaina were actually, I'm sorry, Wailuku were the first people to listen to the podcast. So people on Maui, Wailuku, mahalo. And anyway, so, so I put him on the tracks, right? A 14-year-old playing bass on a, on a jingle that was being aired all over the place on seven radio stations all the time, every day, right? For years. It's been on for years now, right? And, and think of, of what that does for a young person. You know what that does? And I paid him. I paid him 40 bucks. I said, yeah, right in, right there, boom, 40 bucks, right? And not only that, it only took him 20 minutes to do the thing, right? He, I think he did three takes. And I said, you satisfied with that? You think that was good? You know, I said, I thought it was good. You think it's good? And he goes, yeah, okay, that's that's good. And, and you know, in three takes, he got the whole thing. And I paid him 40 bucks. I said, hey, there you go, 40 bucks an hour. Who 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 in your class makes 40 bucks an hour? He, he looked at me, he said, oh, nobody. I said, there you go. There you go, boo. 40 bucks an hour right there. Bam, you're a professional now, right? And he was good. He was really, really good. This kid had skills. Uh, we taught him guitar. We taught him bass. We taught him voice. Uh, he, he was in orchestra in his school. He was in marching band. He did it all. But that's what you got to do. You got to show kids that they can and that it's not unattainable. Because when I was a kid, right, you know, we all wanted to go recording studio. Everybody that sang. We had dreams, right? We all wanted to record. We all wanted to be, you know, stars. We all wanted to be on the vinyl in those days, right? And, and but, but you know, a lot of us thought that, ah, this, this, this dream is too big. You know, this dream is unattainable. Recording studio, the album's 30 grand. Who, who going to sponsor us? Who going who to believe in us? Who going to, you know, open the door for us, right? And so that's what you got to do. So I used to put the kids on the radio. I used to put the kids in the recording studio. I put the kids all over the place. You know, bring the kids. I'll go, go, go play at the, at the expos and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, right? Because I believed in the kids. Because the kids needed to get out there, right? And, and not only that, but, you know, we witnessed... Uh, a very clan mentality type thing. I don't know if you know what clan mentality is. So if you belong to the clan, then you're all right. Okay. If you don't belong to the clan, then then yeah, you, you you're not gonna get in, or or it it's harder for you to to get in, to get ahead, to whatever, achieve all of that, because the clan will control stuff, and we ran into a lot of that. 
So that's how that's how radio happened for me. I was in the building. I was supposed to go carpet cleaning, right? I applied. I came down. I looked at the building directory, and I saw, oh, Columbia School of Broadcasting. You know, and I remember the commercial from TV, right? And and the rest, as they say, is history. But but you know, one day, right? In fact, the, I met this guy who was the number one DJ in Hawaii, and I met this guy. He took over for Aku. And I met this guy. I can. Uh, I. I really. I don't want to say his name because uh, people in Hawaii will know if I say the number one guy, right? I. I don't want to do that because I used to work for the company, and because there could be somebody go back. Hey, bro, you know you're talking about you on this podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like, bro, you'd be you'd be surprised what happens in Hawaii. It's a very big small town, ladies and gentlemen. It's a very big small town. Anyway, but this guy, right? I went to this guy. And he was the program director at the number one radio station. And when I first got out of broadcasting school, right, when I was first giving my audition tapes, around, that's what you did. You gave audition tapes around. I went to him and he was so nice. And he said, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're just doing it at the wrong radio station. Because I went to the top radio station, right? <laughs> okay. And I didn't know, bro, when, you, when you're 19 years old, 18 years old, 17 years old, you don't know any difference, right? You don't know any better. So so I went to the, you know, the, I went to the fourth and fifth and seventh and ninth radio station. And then finally I got in, right? I finally got in someplace. But, but you know, um, it, I eventually I got to work around him. And so this station group that I worked at, right, had the number one station. And he was, he was the number one guy. And his partner, number two guy. Right, and then then I worked with the number four guy, but if you really want to count it that way, but it was the second station, the second most popular station, right? And and so I got you know I I locked out on that. That that just happened by chance, right? By chance, Hawaiians, okay, or did it happen because I attracted it, right? I mean, you know, and and you look at all these guys, you look at Einstein, all these people, Benjamin Franklin, all these guys that write about the law of attraction. And they all write about it. Uh, Thomas Edison wrote about it. All these people write about it, right? And they go, no, all you got to do is keep going to your goal. The door is going to open because God is real, right? God is real. And so so desire brings everything to you, right? And and this, I mean, not only did I meet, you know, Hawaii's greatest star, I met some celebrities that, that just blew my mind. Right, I met these TV stars. I met all these guys, and and they all came around, and and you know I met them in hotels. Some, sometimes I ran into them in hotels. Sometimes I ran into them, with, you know, uh, with with uh, this this guy that I hung out with, you know, at this at this show, at his show. Sometimes you know whatever, but these guys kept popping into my life. Sometimes it was when I was a kid. You know, I remember meeting Bob from Sesame Street, right? He came down the beach, you know, and we was all down the beach and we, you know, and I looked and I said, hey, wait a minute, that's Bob from Sesame Street. You know, I went up there, I said, uh, excuse me, are you Bob from Sesame Street? And he was like, yeah. And, you know, I was like, whoa, here's Bob on, on my beach, right? On our beach at, at, you know, back home, right? From Sesame Street, from New York, all the way down here. And I was like, whoa. So, you know, stuff like that happened, right? And and when you desire stuff, I don't care what it is. If you're a mechanic and you're desiring one good company to work at, you will attract that company. You will attract someone who works for the company. You will attract somebody who, you know, whatever. 
I'm just saying, right? And it will lead to this, to that, to that, and then boom, you're working for that company. See? So first is the desire, right? And and the attraction comes. Now, what I really want to get across is God is like a GPS. Okay? And that's the easiest way I can explain them. I did them on another podcast. I go briefly go over them again. Okay, so when you're on the path, when you are on your path, right? Now, my path was different. My path, I followed my heart. I follow, and I follow my heart with everything I do. And I put my heart into everything I do, right? In, in every kid I ever taught, in every adult I ever taught, I put my heart into it. I put my heart and soul into it. I remember that there was this one, uh, there's this one girl that came and she was a twin. And her twin sister sat outside, you know, on the couch and, and waited for, for her sister to finish. And I said, no, 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 bring, bring, bring her inside. No charge, just bring her in. You know, and, and join the sister. And I taught both of them, you know, and, and uh, turns out it was it was uh, one of the best things I ever did. You know what I mean? So um, and things come back. Hawaiians. It's not going to come back the way you think, but God blesses you in ways you cannot imagine. And God protects you from stuff. You know, when I was when I was around some very dangerous people and some very dangerous circumstances, not to me, but, you know, these guys in, in general, very dangerous guys. Right, which is part of the reason that that I never got sucked into anything because people had to leave me alone, which was good and bad. You know, it was good because I didn't have to play the game. And let me tell you something, Hines. When you don't have to play their game, and I'm talking about the clan, I'm talking about the clique, I'm talking about the Ohana system over here in Hawaii. We call it that. In in uh, in the mainland, maybe you call it the family or the family plan or whatever you call it, right? But that group, that clique. Sometimes you cannot belong to the clique because if the clique cannot control you, if the clique has no power over you, if they cannot hold you over a barrel somehow, right, then then you're not you're not getting in because you can get too powerful for the clique or you can get too big for the clique or, you know, whatever. And most of that is perception. Most of that is just, you know, it, it's not like it's really going to happen or like it really would happen. Because they can, they can terminate your contract at any time. And we've seen this happen time and time again. These guys get good contracts. They go out. They work. They, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, they disappear. Right? You know, I used to work for a record company. And the, the guy explained how they do that. They go, oh. He, he said, oh, well, you know, uh, if another record company comes along and, and this record company is willing, they can sell your contract. And those guys that buy your contract can put you on the shelf. That's what they call it. And they'll just put you on the shelf and they'll just keep you there. So you'll still make money, right? But you're not performing. You still make money. You're not, you're not out there recording. But you're still making, you're still getting checks. You're still living good, right? Because the contract is still being honored. But guess what? You're not out in public. You're not on TV. You're not on the radio. You're not on, you see what I'm saying? And, and so, so I didn't know that that actually happened. And go, oh, yeah, that happens, right? And so he, he laid out everything and showed me everything. He showed me everything from the inside. You know, he's, he's no longer here. God rest his soul. He was so good to me. You know, it wasn't just the money that he paid me. It wasn't just the opportunity that he gave me. It was the education that he gave me. And he goes, bro, look, you see this? And when I saw that, I go, oh, lucky thing I didn't get produced by a big record company. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see the magician's trick, when you see behind the curtain, right? 
sometimes, right, you still, you still let go, Hawaiians. You still let go. Okay, but when you see behind the curtain, sometimes, you know, you go, oh, okay, this is why God, you know, God spared me. God spared me from this. God spared me from rehab. God spared me from, you know, and sometimes, like I said, right, it was because they couldn't. You know, because if they played that game with us, right, someone would tap them on the shoulder and go, bro, go, what what are you doing to my nephew? <laughs> you know, what, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. And and th- that kind of stuff, you see. But um, so so in a way, it, it was a good thing. Right. But in a way, it was a bad thing. Hawaiians. I, could, I had to sit everything out. I couldn't participate. You cannot participate if you let that. Right. Now, if 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 you're, you know. If you're part of the gang or part of the clique and they, they're pushing you up, right? There's something there as an insurance policy to make sure that you don't get out of control, that you your head doesn't get too carried away with this stuff. You see? And and I mean that, you know, it happens it happens in Hawaii, it happens all over the place. And and it happens in politics, it happens in in everything, it happens in business, in corporations, it happens in everything. It's not just entertainment. I mean, my, my experience was business, entertainment, and politics. And I saw those things, and I saw how it works, and I'm like, whoa. Like, I, I never thought it would be, you know, like that powerful, right? Or that big, or that, you know, like, like, like that, right? <laughs> like that. And, and, but it was, you see? And, and so, so we went down the road, and, and God works like a GPS. So when you change course and you go, okay, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't let go over there. Right? Because we, we wanted an agent. We wanted, we wanted to get into a record company. We wanted to sign a contract. We wanted them to make us famous, make us popular, whatever, whatever. Right? And they did it to other guys. Right? And these guys ended up in rehab and even people was going, hey, what happened to so and so? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, too bad, but it, uh, rehab, rehab, and they they gotta keep them hush hush. And the reason why they keep it hush hush is because they gotta keep selling product. And those guys aren't even around anymore. These these guys, you know, both the artists and the company, they're not even around anymore. They're not even selling anymore. I mean, you know, some of them have passed away and they they they're gone. But what I'm saying is, it's it's a work agreement. It's it's a job. And if you sign up for the job, there are some casualties to the job, right? Just like if you work construction, right? There's a chance that you may fall off a building or you may, you know, end up in the back of a backhoe and it might hit you and you might end up in a hospital, TDI, whatever. I mean, so there's casualties to everything, right? But there's there was casualties to the entertainment world. There was casualties in, in the radio world. There was casualties all over the place, right? There's no such thing as, as something insured and you're not going to pay your dues. There's no such thing as, as getting into something and you're not going to do your share. You see what I'm saying? And this podcast is not for the 60, 70, 80-year-olds that already been there, done it. This podcast is for you 30-year-olds that are wondering, how the hell do I do this? What, what do I do? Okay. My best advice, follow your road. There's this song. You guys can Google them. Go on, go on YouTube and, and pull them up. Okay? It's the, the band is called Sea Wind. Okay? And, and, the, and the song is called Follow Your Road. And all you got to do is follow your road. Now, your road is inside. Your road is in your heart. Your heart produces the biggest vibration. And that vibration dictates the law of attraction for you. Okay? 
that's the vibration. I used to think it was the head. I used to think it was, oh, okay, I got to think a certain way, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. It's your heart. That's the biggest vibration. And that vibration is what will bring whatever you want to you. And I kept meeting all these guys. I met, you know, I met Tom Salick. I met all these guys. I'm like, whoa. Like, I, you know, and, and it was right, was right there. I mean, him on the side of his dressing room, the, the trailer, right? Just me and him talking story. <laughs> me and Tom Salick, right? And I knew his friend, Jack Whitman, right? Because I met his son. Right, and then Jack was doing this movie called called uh, Death Moon, on uh, back home on on my island, right, and and so so we had something in common, so we, we was talking story, right, and we you know I was young, I was I was maybe eighteen, you know, and and we was talking story for about like 10, 15 minutes, and pretty soon he said, "Hey, bro, you know, I'm sorry, I gotta go," you know, and he went, and I'm like, "Whoa," and you know, from then on, right, when I watch a TV show, I'm like, "Yeah, I met that guy." Right, I I see Hollywood celebrity Jojo White from the Boston Celtics. I can't even go into that story. It involves other things, right? But but I met Jojo White and we spent some time in his hotel room and and it brought up me, him, and his chick, and bro, we had a good time. We had a good time, my wife. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Jojo White from the Boston Celtics. I'm like whoa. And my father was a basketball guy. He was all into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Every time he had game on, on Sunday, right? He used to watch, you know, Saturday, whatever, whenever the game. He used to watch the games and stuff, right? And and me and Jojo White and his cheek was partying, right? And and I was young, I was young. And and brother gave me Jojo White gave me the keys to his rental car and he said, Bro, can you go get some, you know? And I'm like, Oh bro, easy. <laughs> go hit up my friends. Hey bro, you get the game, 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 you know the game, you know the game. Right, me, Jojo White, me, me and him and his cheek, right? And then, see, I'm sitting down and I'm watching the Boston Celtics on TV, right? And my, my father is watching it, you know, I don't can say nothing. What I really wanted to say was, but Dad, you know, uh, Jojo White, but me and him and his cheek, but we, you know, I cannot, I cannot, like, I cannot, right? But man, it was, it was killing me, Heinz. I was like, you know what I can't? When tugging on the inside, you like say something, but no can. Yeah, I mean, and then there was this time with Mo Ke Ali. I can I can I mention him. He's he's passed away. He's passed away. For you guys in the mainland, just Google his name Mo M O E K Ali K E A L E. Okay, and this guy, he was on Hawaii Five O. He was on. I mean, this guy was big time, big time, right? And I was like, oh man. I, I want to say I was, uh, I think I was 15 when this happened. And he was, he was in concert at this hotel back home. And, and I, you know, and my friend, right. And uh, one of my, my friends that I used to hang out with, and these guys was in their thirties, you know, I was, I was 15. These guys, <laughs> these guys was older. And he goes, bro, Moke Ali going to come join us, going to jam with us tonight. I'm like, what? He goes, no, Moke Ali is coming. You know. So I snuck out of the house and I ran down to the ran down to the beach, right? They picked us up at the beach, right? And we went to the park and we sat in the park and I was waiting. And and I was waiting. And my attitude was like, bro, I gotta see this. Moke Ali. Because Moke Ali was huge. He was on TV, he was on Hawaii Five Boys, doing all this stuff. He was in movies, he was in everything. He was, bro, he was big time in Hawaii. I mean, huge, right? And and we was, was just waiting, 
was just waiting, was playing, was tuning up, was, you know, I don't can tell you a lot of stuff we was doing, but we was doing. And, and pretty soon, right, I look across the field because there was this hotel called the Kauai Resort Hotel. There's no hotel named that anymore. It's, it's the hotel is there. It's a different name or whatever. I see this big shadow like walking across the field, right, coming like slowly, right? And pretty soon I, I look and I go, hey, had another guy with him too, right? And and these two big guys and two big Hawaiians. And pretty soon, like coming close, I go, holy crap, that's Mokiale, right? And I'm like, wow. And guess what, Hawaiians? We spent the rest of the night jamming, playing guitar, jamming, right? Drinking beer and some other stuff. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't see some other stuff. That's it, you know. But But we was there, right? But here's the amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing of what happened, okay? And and I will tell you guys that, that whenever you make a plan, God will coincide to show you things, to bring you, you know, uh, whatever it is that you're interested in, whatever it is that, that's in your heart. And music was in my heart and, and celebrities. And, you know, that's that's what I was into when I was a kid, right? And so then, so then we, we spent that whole night. But here's the amazing part. Years later, fast forward, Okay, fast forward. Okay, now I'm in my 30s and I'm working at this Hawaiian music station, right? And these two guys have the morning show. They're very, very popular guys, right? And Mo Kelly was on the, on the show. They was interviewing him, right? And I came inside, right? And now he don't, he don't remember me because that was when I was a small kid. I was 15 years old. He's not going to remember me. I'm in my 30s now, right? And I think I was in my early 30s. And anyway, so I walk in the studio. And and he was there, right? And 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 I shook his hand, and I and I said, you know, this was during a commercial break, and I shook his hand. I said, bro, I gotta tell this story about how I met you. And of course, I left out the beer, and, and you know, cause it's fifteen, right? Beer, I left that part out. But but I told the story on the air in front of Mo Kiali, and he gave me the warmest smile, and he was just the nicest, most genuine man. And I didn't know at the time, but he was good friends with my mother, right? I didn't even, he never said nothing to my mother. And you know, that's another thing, right? Like my father and Jojo White, I wanted to tell my mother. Man, you know, and I, I went sneak out of the house, you know, last week, you know. I was jamming with Mokiali, right? But I told my friends, and they all thought I was full of crap. And my friends were like, what? You're jamming with Mokiali? Yeah, you're full of crap. Well, they didn't use that language, but I don't I don't use bad language on, on the podcast because we get like, Two 17-year-olds, I think, listening. I don't know. <laughs> according 1% according to the stats. And we get 8,000-something. 8, 8, so that 1%, we might have 80 17-year-olds. Uh, so I keep it clean. But that's what happened, Owens, right? And that's what happened. And so, so you know, and I told a story. And, and that was amazing to me. That was, that was just, it was like full circle. See, God corresponds. God is real. Okay, so if you don't have faith, right, and I'm talking faith in God, faith in yourself, because you got to have faith in yourself, and God is in yourself, God is in here, okay, and I'm pointing to, to my body, it's in here, God is in here, God is not separated from you, okay, and everything is linked to each other, okay, we're all connected, we're all connected by that energy that is God, okay, God is that divine energy that makes things work. That's why when you go work on one plan, as long as you stick to the plan, as long as you take the steps, take the steps, boom, 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 it happens. Okay? So, so yeah, 
you know, the last podcast we talked about, uh, we talked about the law of attraction and and how desire fuels everything. And these, that was my desire to be around guys like Mokiale. That was my desire to play music and record like all these guys. And yeah, some of it couldn't turn out. Some of it just wasn't meant to be, you know. And and some of it happened. And some of it happened in in the way it happened. Happened in such a way that I could do everything I dreamed of. I just had to do them a different way because of certain circumstances, right? I mean, you know, bro, it's like if I was if I was going to, you know, a certain clique, right? And I'm not talking the, the clique that was in, in, in charge when I was 15 because that clique was gone already. You know, this was a this was a new this is a new clique, right? And even now today, there's a there's a new there's a new, uh, you know click in charge right there's a new group of people that you got to get in there's a new thing so you 30 year olds you guys gotta know you can do it on your own right because i gotta tell you at, at some point i was discouraged right i was discouraged and then i thought about it i said yeah yeah my uncle larry would totally make that one phone call and, and tell him hey what the hell are you doing my nephew you know but that's just the way it is i mean sometimes it works like oh, oh sorry sorry i like Sometimes it works like that And you never know how it's going to work So you got to stick to the plan Number one, write the plan down Number two, follow the plan Number three, be patient Number four, let God work And he will deliver your plan Alright, hey, want to say uh, mahalo to our sponsors Island Club and Spa, Brother Randy, Sister Jerry Voice Master, uh, Family of Service Companies And AFM HawaiiMusic.com Featuring the music of Brother Darren Chinen Get him on iTunes, uh, all over the place Amazon, he's all over the place Hey, until next time, this is Junior saying Hey, make the plan, follow the plan Okay, if, if the plan fails uh, Write them down again And, and follow them again <laughs> Mahalo <laughs>